Good morning. You're listening to FloorDaily.net, and I'm Kemp Parr. This morning, my guest is Alan Beaulieu, who's the president of ITR Economics. Alan, how you doing? I'm doing fine, Kemp, and it's always a pleasure to speak with you. Well, it's good to catch up with you. It's been a little while since we've seen each other. Real quick on ITR, you're an economist, not really an a- academic economist, but more of a business-oriented economist, and your claim to fame is your first in forecast. You have a 94.7% accuracy. Is that right? That is true. Thanks for asking about that. And so what we did have was that we had a V, didn't we? I mean, people were uh, debating that about this time last year. How fast is it going to come back? And it came back about like a lot of people, or like you predicted, right? Yes, and we weren't the only ones. You were right when you, when you said that. But others thought it was going to be a recession that was going to last for years, and yeah. the end of the world was near. And I was beginning to think they were looking for zombies next. The economy was shut down, not broken down, Kemp, and that was what we knew and others knew, too. Uh-huh. If it's broken down, that takes a while to fix. But when you shut down a building, even a very large building, you flick the switch, it may take a little bit for it to warm back up and the lights to pop on and the machinery to hum, but there's nothing broken. So that's what happened. Well, we are curious now if you'll give us an update. As you know, my audience is uh, focused in the flooring business, which is a construction material. Two major sectors, the residential is two-thirds of it, commercial is about a third of it. So we're all enjoying right now this surge of energy in the housing market, in the remodel sector. Tell us how long you think that'll last. They must be enjoying it. Man, this has been fun to watch. And as an old flooring guy myself, my knees are sore just thinking about it. Uh-huh. But the reality is the rate of rise, because it's been a blow-away rate of rise, right, in, in housing and, there, and in remodeling, the rate of rise can't help but slow down in 2022. Mm-hmm. Just the demand cannot maintain this pace. Yeah. Now, the members are still going to be selling more, and they're going to, you know, the industry's at record highs, and 22 is going to be a nice positive number, but not to the super double digits that we're getting 21. Mm-hmm. And there are already some hints of that in the leading indicators. For housing and remodeling, same thing, decelerating rate of rise in 22. But record high units and record high dollars just at a slower pace. Okay. So some people have said that as soon as we got vaccinated, we throw all our money back into cruise ships and airline tickets. And you're saying, no, this is probably going to last at least for another year or so, right? Yes, but not at this pace. But the dollar amounts go up. So on our rate of change basis, let's assume I'm I'm making up this number, Mm -hmm. growing by 15% because housing can be growing by 15% in some areas and more or less in others. but. Let's say where you are, Kemp, it's growing at 15%. Right. Next year, it's going to grow, but it's going to be more like 4 to 5%. Mm-hmm. So it's still up, but just at, at that milder rate of rise. And some of that is what you just described, and some of that is that demand is sated, gets more sated. Good news is that wages are going up, so there's more people that can qualify. Interest rates are going to stay low, which is going to make it easier to, for folks to qualify, and still want they're going to still want to come in and buy homes, so... It stays positive. The demand capability is there, and the American dream to buy a home will still be there, and on we go. And at the same time, lumber prices aren't going to continue, and construction materials in general are not going to continue at this pace. It's not possible. Yeah, Supply will catch up with demand. Always does. And when it does, then we see that return to that marvelous word, which we call normal, which means we don't have to have these really incredible price increases month after month after month. Not going to be necessary. Pivot on a couple of things. You say the demand's still going to be there. Some of that demand's being driven by just demographics. The age of the millennial and where he is in his cycle of buying a house, he or she. That's going to continue for a few more years, I, I think. That'll be a yes. driver, right? Yes, plus those millennials. They're an economic power to be reckoned with. And, right. and 
they're going to help power not just housing, but automobile sales and everything else that goes along with the economy. You talked about inflation, talked about housing material costs. We're concerned, especially now that we've printed all this money with this third government stimulus. Tell us what effect will that have on us? <laughs> and the fourth government stimulus coming behind that. Yeah. We're already up to a little over $6 trillion being planned on in the first 100 days, and, and there's four and five coming behind that. The reality is it is likely to be inflationary, actually, let's be a little more assertive, it will be inflationary, but not yet. And that's the key factor, Kemp. A lot of folks are worried that it's going to light off inflation now. And the CPI did pick up in April, and that was of concern. But when we did our forecasting for CPI, we saw it picking up. We said 3.9%, it came in at 4.2%. we are happy with that. But the reality is, because of that supply-demand thing, the producer price indices are going to slow dramatically, which takes some of the pressure off. And because of the demand for housing and other goods are going to slow, not go down, but slow as we go forward. That takes some of that pressure off. And we think the CPI will be comfortable and the Fed will not have to raise interest rates through this year and probably through most, if not all, the 22. So the inflation comes. You're absolutely right. But it's going to come. Think of it starting in 23 Pretty mild, and and Kemp, you and I know each other. We've been through this before, and then it picks up speed, and it picks up speed. Interest rates go up. Nobody's bothered. Picks up speed. Interest rates go up some more. Everybody gets on the train because you want to get ahead of it. And it's years before it becomes a problem where the Fed has to raise interest rates to the point where it actually causes a contraction. So it's years away. Just the train has left the station, but there's no reason to jump off the train. We're years away from that. Okay, real quick, let's talk about the commercial side of the business. Obviously, it's been soft this year, and people are talking about, you know, maybe we'll see that recover in 22. Tell us about what you think there. I agree. Whoever those people are, I agree with them. Uh And I say that because our ITR lead indicator is signaling it, because construction job openings are signaling it, and because single-family housing starts, 12-12 rate of change is signaling it. Commercial always lags housing. So those three key indicators are saying, Your commercial side, uh, that third of all the folks, they're going to be happier in 22, and that's going to last into 23, and good news. And multifamily, which we haven't talked about, will also be improving. And again, all real estate's local. You and I get that. But in general, across the nation, multifamily rates of change begin to pick up, and multifamily begins to pick up in 23 as well. I said 23, but I meant 22. Multifamily's picking up in 22, commercial in 22. It all lasts into 23. So 2022, people in your industry, our industry here, they're just going to be hitting on all cylinders. It's going to be a good time. Okay, good. One last question about the current state. They've been predicting that GDP is going to be somewhere 5 6%. Do you think that's what's going to happen? Well, with their math, yeah. they, they, it may get there. Uh-huh. But we use a deflated number. Okay. If, you, if you bake even a 2% rate of inflation into the numbers, it, it, you come up with a number that sounds much better than it actually is. And they also use a different methodology than we do. For instance, they take a very strong quarter and say, if it continues at this pace, they're not really looking at anything other than if it's straight lines from here. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Yeah. So in our world, that's an unattainable number. It's not a real number. Yeah. It's just a quick straight line. Okay. We could hit that if everything goes perfectly. All right. Well, last thing. Most people who've sat in your seminars know that you predict that there's going to be an Armageddon, a coming Great Depression. And you're going to actually give an update on that. Tease us a little bit with that, if you would. 
Sure. Uh, that's what the number one question we get, uh, besides should I stay in the stock market, is uh, has all this fiat currency, all this massive spending and, and deficit spending going to bring that timeline in? And the answer, I'll tell you right now, is no. So in July, my brother Brian and I were doing a, a webinar. You can go to our website, itreconomics.com, and see what we're going to be offering. But it's going to be about what's going to happen to interest rates for the next rest of the decade, global landscape, what's going to happen with inflation, which we started talking about today, right. and where's the wealth creation potential for the next eight years, and then how do you make money in the Great Depression? Those are all the things that we'll be talking about in July. And you're still predicting that the last time I sat in in one of your sessions was last fall, and you're predicting that around 30, after some roaring 20s, we're going to have a, a reckoning time, correct? Correct. And just to be sure we're on the same page, and, and I know you and I are, but just to make sure everybody else understands the roaring 20s of the 1920s, a lot of wealth was created, but they still had downturns. Yeah. It was also called the roaring 20s because of the cultural changes that the nation underwent and because there was a lot of population movement into the cities. This time it seems to be going the other way around. Okay. Some population movement out of the cities. But you and I, my friend, are going to see some tremendous cultural changes, and that's part of the 1920s. 100 years later. And this time, what's going to drive it is what you already brought up, the millennials. Right. Uh, millennials have their own view of how things should be, yeah. and they will have a lot of power as we get to the end of this decade. Yeah. All right, Alan, thanks so much for updating our audience. Again, we're talking to Alan Beaulieu, the president of ITR Economics, and you've been listening to Kempar and FloridaLA.net.